0: Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast, recorded in the early wee hours of the morning, Monday, January 31st, 2022. A quick check of the news this morning, and just to get kind of caught up, the saga continues, you know. This uh, ongoing drama, or whatever, it's in our country the hot show of the season, gripping television. You know, the news of the day, top news story in a lot of the outlets, corporate media. And even some of the more progressive stations was that Donald Trump announced that if he wins in 2024, he's going to pardon a bunch of the January 6 rioters. You know. He's just this strange character that we just can't get rid of for whatever reason. It's very odd. All the news has to do is just not cover him. You know, Donald Trump had a rally today so you you want to go hear about it go to his website or whatever you know why is it mainstream news that donald trump said something that we have to discuss and talk about so annoying when will he go away it's been an ongoing goal of this particular podcast is just to sort of find ways to present the information and is it really the the same information but in in a in a wide assortment of ways so that we can move on from the Trump thing, you know. I'm a huge fan of uh, Hunter S. Thompson and his sort of, uh, the Trump of his era was Nixon. And he loathed Nixon, but he still found a a certain, the one kinship they had is one time he, uh, he got to interview Nixon in the back of a limo or whatever, you know, the the motorcade, and they just talked football. It was really the only thing he had in common with Nixon. And Nixon's kind of a pretty reprehensible character. But, uh, you, you know, we wrote about him a lot. and talked about him a lot. Because he was kind of the embodiment of everything that's wrong in politics, you know, at the time. And Trump has kind of been that for my, my era, you know. I've, uh, published stuff on smashwords.com, a lot of eBooks, mostly poetry. Someday I'm hoping to write more, uh, varied material. Um, still working on a, some sort of memoir, my own weird eclectic life. And, uh, but also, you know, non-fiction and stuff and just other things. But Trump was, uh... I had one uh, collection of poems called Thinking Righteously Under Majestic Purple. And, uh, you know, Trump. And it was just sort of processing the surreal time because, uh, you know, there there was definitely a lead-up. There was a build-up to that kind of thing. You know, this sort of misinformation and alternative facts. And the accepting of this, a, a mass accepting of a, of a distorted reality, you know, and it just continues, you know, won't, he won't go away, um, Republican Party feels like they can get away with, they can stay in power by sticking with the guy, they understand, I think, that the majority of the country does not support Donald Trump or his way of ruling, which was a fascist style of Rule, uh, very oppressive and uh, vindictive and cruel. Uh, it sort of mimics his character traits. You know, um, it was a, st- a scary government that Donald Trump was proposing, um, one that inc- blatantly encourages violence. What's his platform if he wins in two years? It's, you know, it's two years away, over two years away. It's closer to three years, really. You know, Joe Biden, it's only been a little while. You know, just a ways in. You're in there, so, I mean, you got a while. But, uh. Anyway, it's a. Uh, it's a frustrating time still to be an American. Because there's just this cult of personality guy that just won't go away. Uh, he's been lingering around in our society for several decades. And then he, he finally actually did it and became president. He was able. There was just enough people spread out in just the right way who just didn't know, for whatever reason, uh, who the guy was and what he stood for, and what his principles were, and what, what, how he conducted himself, you know, what he valued, what was important to him, what his ambitions were. For, for whatever reason, millions of people just were unaware of what Donald Trump's true ambitions were. And, and they, they thought that they were righteous ambitions that Trump had. Why they thought this is very confusing. You know, he, he was famous for bankrupting companies, cheating on his wives, being racist, sexist, and stupid, and a whore for publicity. That's what he was famous for. That's why we knew his name. He used that fame that he had to make more money. Like there was a value in the fame. So he could sell his name to the owner of a building... And they would put his name on their building and pay him to have his name on their building because there was a value in his fame. And then it's my personal opinion that we will come to understand that that name being widely broadcast in full public view on a big, tall building was kind of like a flag to certain elements around the world, criminal syndicates, if you will, that this place is kind of cool with that kind of thing, you know, money laundering. And whatever other sorts of criminal activity that needs to be engaged in, you know, hiding the source of money, uh, money laundering, it was uh, a key component of, of some of the Trump properties. In addition to the tax evasion and the uh, insurance fraud uh, that he's also Suspected of and currently under investigation for Now the only part of the everything I just said about Trump that's an opinion is the uh, me thinking that You know the the Trump name was very much like a flag uh, a not-so-subtle wink to various crime Syndicates around the world that you know this is a place that you can conduct your business with not much meddling to any oversight or anything they're, 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 you know people are going to kind of let you be and do what you want you might just have to pay trump organization a a decent fee you know to to look the other way to not ask too many questions but Yeah, so that's the part that's the opinion the fact that he was a con man and famous for bankrupting companies cheating on his wives being racist sexist and stupid He had a cameo in home alone, too. He inherited 400 million dollars from his father Um, And then in the late 1990s after his sixth bankruptcy u.s. Bank stopped lending him money and then the producer of a game show called survivor Was going to create a new show that was business themed a business themed game show and he thought Donald John Trump would be a great host. Donald John Trump had nothing going on at the time. The game show, The Apprentice, that Donald Trump was the host of, that is what revived his, revived his career. He had nothing else going on at the time. It's my personal opinion that uh, the, Trump saw an opening He saw his new marks with the Tea Party movement. You know, you you have this movement of working class folks loudly and passionately protesting against health care as a right and passionately protesting against taxes on the wealthy in order to pay for health care as a right. Yeah. And, and there's video of it and everything. You know, it was on the news. Town halls where people yelling and screaming about uh, them wanting to continue to pay exorbitant amounts of money for health insurance that doesn't even pay for 100% of your health care costs. Um, it, was, uh, it was a sad time. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was... Uh, Then we learn eventually that, yeah, that whole movement, that Tea Party thing, bought and paid for by billionaires. Gee, I wonder why. You know, I wonder why they were trying to convince people to be against taxes on the wealthy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the people that paid for that movement, the Koch brothers, billionaire coal barons, they're the ones that got the Tea Party movement going convincing working-class folks to be against health care as a right and against taxes on the ultra-affluent in order to pay for health care as a right. Uh, Billionaires were able to convince working-class people to not just be against those things, but to be passionately against them, to loudly proclaim their views out in the streets, make signs, protest. So yeah, that movement getting going and actually getting real live politicians elected with ours next to the name who then indeed cut it, cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations, which was kind of the primary, blatant, underlying concern of that movement. Um, it was disguised as something else. You know, that was the manip- manipulation part. You know, <clears throat> um, it was like fear of socialism and stuff. Um, you know, and that's what the working class folks were that's what they thought they were fighting against, socialism. Uh, something that you, you should be fearful of. No one wants socialism. Socialism is stupid. Um, so you have a right to not want that. I certainly don't want socialism. I just want hospitals and schools. A universal basic income would be pretty sweet too, especially if it's tied to economic, overall economic performance that we all participate in. Uh, just sort of making sure that the people doing all the work are receiving some kind of benefit. Yes, the majority of the benefit is still going to go to the people who own all the companies but don't really do anything. They just own the companies that we all work for. You know. It is us, the people doing all the work, that make the economy go. We, we should understand that and have some confidence in ourselves collectively. Um, but... Republican Party uh, makes a uh, you know a lot of money and uh, is able to retain a lot of power by sort of minimizing our power collectively you know and by dividing us and uh, separating us and uh, making us hate each other it allows uh, people like Mitch McConnell Kevin McCarthy Marco Rubio Ted Cruz Lindsey Graham Matt Gates. Ted Gozar, Gomer, <clears throat> Jim Jordan. It allows wealthy white men like that uh, to stay in power uh, so that they can continue to create laws that cut taxes for the wealthy and cut taxes for corporations. And then after they do that, then they can, can get to the, the real meat and potatoes stuff like uh, making certain medical procedures illegal. In the state of Texas, they've already done this. They've decided that abortion is now illegal. Is healthcare now a, now a right in Texas, including, you know, childcare? Pregnancy is a pretty arduous ordeal, lasts over you know nine months, you know, and then of course once baby is actually born, yeah, now they that's that's a human being now, that's living and breathing in the world, has their own name and has to be taken care for. It's a you know pretty of a kind of a constant thing, you know. Um, taking care of a baby um, so the government's sort of dictating saying yep we ended, we don't care basically you know, and no we're not going to offer you any help at all we're just going to mandate that you do this uh, and just sort of avoid certain elephants in the room are there ever women who get an abortion and later have a child later yep happens all the time uh, but the government is saying we don't care we don't care that you can't have this child right now. You will or face consequences. Except, of course, if you're a wealthy white woman. If you're a wealthy white woman in Texas, obviously you can still get an abortion. Why would there be any restrictions on that? We should know that and understand that and start getting to the point where we understand that's what the law is about. Yeah, oppression. Okay, Wealthy white women living in Texas can certainly still get an abortion anytime they please. Okay, and especially if you're a, say, the senator of one of the Texas senators' daughter, you know, gets pregnant and is not ready to have a child yet, and decides to get an abortion, will she be able to with the new Texas law? Yes, of course. Why would she be restricted from getting an abortion? She's a wealthy white person. Yeah. Yeah. She'll she'll be fine. Yeah. You know, she'll be able to do that because it's necessary for her. and uh, you know her. Wealthy and powerful parents will understand the necessity for her to do that. Yep. So she'll be allowed to. But if you're not in that particular category, uh, no, you're going to face consequences. Um, Yeah, the law is wrong. It's stupid. It's not empathetic at all. Offers no solutions. It's purely about oppression. And that's what it's about. It's not about saving lives. You believe that life begins at conception or whatever it is. Okay. Then live your life do it. A woman that you don't know went to a doctor today. What did she do there? What was she doing? What was the procedure that she got? That is none of your business. And you also need to understand that some things in this world you're going to be uncomfortable with. Put yourself in their shoes. It's going to be very difficult, most difficult when you are, well, a man. You know, I do my best to try to understand what women are going through. My roommates are women But I'm not a woman, (laughs) you know. I have no idea what it's like to be a woman. I'm a dude, you know. So I do my best to understand, but, you know, the law in Texas, it's just wrong. You know, government should not be intervening in that kind of stuff. And again, you can scream from the mountaintops about when you believe life begins and all that sort of thing. There's a certain point where I feel like some people's statements about what, you know, the early stages of pregnancy are, it's almost disrespectful to humans. You know, like, you know, a 10-week fetus is not a baby yet. It could be. It has potential to be. Even if, you know, the woman carrying said fetus decides to go through with it, it may still not happen. You know, things happen. It's a—it's an arduous ordeal, nine months long, you know, and, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. You gotta, and then... The birth itself is quite an arduous deal, and then, of course, again, once said baby is born, that's that's a that's a whole other ball of wax, you know. And then, you know, <laughs> it's a real live person. Then, you know, that you got to care for, well, for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's the thing. Republican Party—they cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations years ago now. So now they got to that stuff. Mitch McConnell, Senate Minority Leader, what, are, what is his political agenda if he gets, regains control as Republican Senate Majority Leader? He's been asked this question. What is his answer? I'll tell you when I get there. Was Kind of the thing. He, yeah. well, we'll let you know when we get it. And then he kind of smiled a little bit. He's a wretched, wretched, wretched man. Just awful. We need to have term limits. <laughs> um, if certain states can't get their heads out of their ass and find different people among their state to elect, then we just then at least term limits. You know, if state of Kentucky's just gonna keep shoving Mitch McConnell down our throats, well, they get like two or three terms max or something. We gotta figure out something here. You know, it ain't right. He's not even that popular in Kentucky. You know. There's plenty of people in Kentucky that hate Mitch McConnell because he's an awful human being. You know, he stands for nothing. He's asked a very straightforward question. What do you plan to do with your power effing when you get it? And he just snickers at the camera. We all know what he plans to do. (laughs) He's going to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations, then deny any spending on health care, education, and infrastructure. He's going to give a big fuck you to the working class because he doesn't give a fuck, you know? And he's the leader of the Republican Party. Again, let's go through the list of names. And as you go through the list of names, how do these people align with your values? Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Lindsey Graham, Ted, Jim Jordan, Ted Gozar, Gomer. Just, they stand for nothing. And they're they've been able to get away with it so unapologetically and media just sort of they just sort of present what they're saying and say, oh, oh, oh you know mm, they shouldn't do that but then they just it just keeps continuing the cycle just keeps going and we just sort of allow it to continue these just, you know and then the alternative is oh, the Democrats oh, yay there's a group to get real excited about eh, they're the other one you know that there's there's at least that. You know, we have one other option. You know, they're not quite as bad. They're not really optimal by any stretch of the imagination. There are members of the organization that I like, though. Uh, there's but there's more uh, people that caucus with the Democrats that are that have eyes next to the name, and a lot of those I have a little bit more respect for. Uh, what's the guy, Rhode Island uh, White House? I think White. Ho- Ah, shoot. I forget. But anyway. Old, uh... Wait, I think he's... Is it Maine, maybe? Maybe it's Maine. Rhode Island? Crap, I can't remember. But he's an independent. And uh, he always has good ideas. A lot of progressives. So, I like the progressives within the Democratic Party. But then, within the Democratic Party, you also have a lot of corporate-focused interests. Mansion, cinema, uh Even, you know, Pelosi. You know, a lot of the people on the right all oh, hate pelosi but she's not really that much different than a republican really you know just there's certain programs she's going to pursue a little more diligently but she's worries too much about appeasing the republican party you know she's trying to find that middle ground even though the modern day republican party is way to the right you know tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations and then and then let's ban medical procedures Let's continue the prohibition on cannabis. Let's restrict the right to vote. Ooh, yeah, that's that's going to make us great then, huh? Yeah, we're going to be so great because the wealthy are going to have more money. Corporations are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, you're going to get paid less and less and less money working for those corporations. And the place you're living in is going to get shittier and shittier. Yeah, and you're going to have less and less money in your pocket. Um, and then healthcare won't be a ride and if you want to go to college or anything like that you're going to have to pay out of pocket Um, but the wealthy will have more money so that's neat yay I don't really get the appeal (laughs) Uh, and so the way the Republican Party gets away with it is by just changing the messaging and just pretending like that's not what they're doing mitch mcconnell when asked what are you going to do with your power he just kind of smiles and snickers he knows what he's going to do with his power and there's millions of people they're going to let him do it and that are all too gleeful because they don't like the democrats so they're going to give mitch mcconnell four more years they're going to give him the reins to the senate have at it you know go get him mitch he'll cut the taxes for the wealthy and corporations and then deny funding to infrastructure, education, and healthcare. Let's make sure that we continue to pay exorbit amounts of money to health insurance companies so that when we get sick, we still have to pay more money to pay for the bill. That way those in health insurance companies can continue to pay 20, 25, 30 million dollars a year to the CEO who runs the corporation and continue to pay nice dividends to the shareholders. That's the reason that a health insurance company exists. It doesn't exist to make sure that you stay healthy. That's not its purpose. purpose is to, you know, increase shareholder value. That's it. Again, that is the purpose of a corporation, regardless of what sector of the economy it's in. It's to increase shareholder value. That's why the corporation was created. It allows owners of a business to, you know, receive benefits and to have an ownership stake without... Being personally liable for the debts of the business. It's the purpose of a corporation. So if the corporation gets sued, you, the owner, cannot get individually sued. Just the corporation. You know, this is a separate entity. So, best thing with these corporations—they get so big, so massive, and have so much control, and they are uh, so intertwined. You know, then you got these uh, conglomerates that are, you know, several different corporations that all merge together. And each one of them is huge, massive, you know, entity. Thousands of employees. Mostly just working hourly wages, you know. You have uh, certain corporations that are massively profitable entities. Huge amounts of revenues. And, uh, you know, can... Society totally accepts them paying huge portions of the workforce a sub-minimum wage you know the republican party even sometimes runs on platforms of denying you know a basic minimum to those people even though they're working for entities that are massively profitable and could easily afford to pay those people a living wage the republican party will even go to the through the you know messaging of why should it be you know the responsibility of a business of a corporation to treat its employees with respect shouldn't have to do that that's stupid you know it should be cutthroat you know and ruthless and companies should have be allowed to do whatever they want to do and need to do to maximize profits yeah and so if it needs Paying the employees a sub-minimum wage so that those employees then have to get federal assistance Well, so be it and then that corporation that Is paying those employees a sub-minimum wage can then pay a, ma- a nice dividend to its shareholders And a nice big fat bonus to its executives and then those employees Will have to apply for federal assistance to be able to have enough food to eat and have shelter near where they work for said massive corporation it's this weird thing that we've just sort of accepted in our society well that's the way it is that's 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 how it goes and uh, many of these employees will just say well the job you do is easy we think it's easy therefore you don't deserve to earn a living doing it yep that, that's what you get it's an easy job that anyone can do. My job is super important, and I deserve to get paid more than you. Much, much more, you know. Um, I certainly don't uh, don't agree with socialism, because that's one where everyone makes the same amount of money. What I do support, though, is some kind of agreeing on what is minimum. When we don't agree on minimum, then we are... <laughs> like... What is the definition of someone, like, basically having to work in order to stay alive, but not making enough to, like, improve their condition at all, and then just sort of being forced to live nearby where they work, but barely making any to even pay for the cost of living nearby where they work, like, incurring a fair amount of expense doing the job that they're not fully reimbursed for, really, you know there's something off about that, especially if the entity they're working for is a massively profitable entity. Again, how easy we define the job as is really irrelevant. There's, <laughs> One of the elephants in the room too is that like most jobs in this world, anyone can do, man. You just got to learn how to do it. I've done all kinds of jobs in my life, you know, You just got to, you know, spend some time learning it. Some jobs require a lot more experience and training, of course, yes, but there's a vast portion of jobs in this society that you just got to start doing it and then, you know, with experience comes a higher level of expertise, but there's plenty of jobs in our economy that aren't terribly difficult, that don't require extensive training that is concerning though because uh some of these jobs are probably jobs that could be automized at points in the near future Uh, when corporations are looking at their expenses one of the biggest expenses they have is wages and salaries primarily for you know the the working the workers you know the hourly wage employees salaries of executives those are not ones that they're ever going to look at lowering But how to lower that wage cost, that's always going to be one that they're looking into. Uh, how, How to minimize that in order to maximize profits. Because employees for a corporation are a necessary expense, but expense nonetheless. And that's how they view it. You know, you have to pay people to do the work. And ideally, you want to pay them as little as possible, just enough so that they stay there, but not enough to where, you know, it, it costs you too much, you know. Yeah, you want to pay them just enough to, to so that they just keep working, you know, at a, at a decent level of productivity. And that's what, you know, that's what corporations do. And then, in some cases, they, if they have enough money, they can also maybe spend some money on messaging or lobbying with Congress to sort of advocate against, you know, minimum wages and stuff. Um, even the ones that are, that are minimum. It, it, it's called a minimum wage for a reason. And it's different, it's going to be different in every region of the country. Um, you know, seven twenty-five an hour, the federal minimum, or whatever it is now, is not a minimum wage in New York City. That's, that is a, a way sub-minimum. You know, fifteen an hour is still probably a sub-minimum in New York City. Like that's New York City. It's an expensive place. You know, a cramped studio apartment is in the well over a thousand a month type thing. You know, so you know if you're going to be paying people to do work for you, you gotta you gotta pay them enough so they could at least afford the most modest thing, you know, in the area. And uh, there's plenty of jobs where they just don't even do that. You know. For other areas, you know, nine, ten bucks an hour, you might be doing decent enough. But he, yeah, that, even that, seems kind of low. You know, uh, median income in the United States is just under sixty grand, which works out to like, like something like twenty. It's like just under thirty an hour. So people's perceptions of what hourly wages are sometimes they get a little skewed. They think might think that it's a certain wage is way up there, like fifteen an hour. That's It's like, uh, I think it's like 31 a year. You know, that's, you know, it's 20 grand less than the median income there. Way less. It's not really that much money. So when it gets down to it, it's like, what's the Republican Party's platform? What are they running on? Why are they saying, you know, their message to you as voters? Vote for us because we will do what, you know? Um, so the main messaging right now in 2022 is, I'll let you know what we'll do when we get power. That was Mitch McConnell, basically. He, he just kind of, he was vague. He, he, he didn't have a clear, concrete answer as to what his specific goals are as a senator if and when he gets the Senate majority. None. So his policies are None. Specifically stated so we would have to infer that it would just be continuing. What his platform has been in the past Which has been tax cuts for the wealthy And tax cuts for corporations and then the cutting of funding to infrastructure investment public health care and Public education Now obviously none of those things are going to benefit the average working-class person Which is why when he's asked that question straight up. What is your policy agenda? He just kind of smiles because it's a game to him, you know. He knows what side he's on. He knows who his interests are that he's protecting, and there's millions of people that go along with it, under various, you know, strange justifications. You know, some of them it's because they might be following various conspiracy theories. Some of it's just because they're being inundated with conservative media. Who who knows? You know, um, anti-democrat stuff, whatever. Whatever it takes, whatever messaging is needed, you know, that's what conservative media is going to deliver to you so that you keep voting Republican, so that Mitch McConnell can then cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations and then cut funding to infrastructure, public education, and health care. And again, none of those things are going to benefit the average working class person. And once they get to all that stuff, then they're going to make medical procedures illegal. People, uh, and then the, the the anti-vax people are going to say, "My body, my choice." And then they're going to say that a woman ten weeks pregnant, that the ten week fetus inside of her is a completely unique, separate individual human being, separate from the mother, that has its own personal rights. Fascinating, fascinating. It's a fascinating time in the you know understanding of. Logic and philosophy and life and death and what is life? You know scientists have been out ser- searching for life on Mars for many years wondering if there's life on Mars No, there's not fucking life on Mars. What the fuck? <laughs> I Mean, I guess depending on what your de- definition of life is. Oh, there's this there's this Water that may have been frozen. There's like these microscopes, Oh great. Yeah, so not anything close even at all to the type of life that we have here on earth it, like even remotely So in other words a, a barren wasteland that would not support humanity at all, but there's like maybe some microscopic stuff Crawling around on the planet need. Oh, that's really cool that, that yeah, that's the most basic basic beginnings 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 of the beginnings of the beginnings of life. That's fascinating um, but you know obviously not a place where humanity is going to be living let's all go to Mars what the fuck why the fuck would you want to go to Mars well it's the next one over you know it's, it's the next planet over let's go there no, I mean we gotta you know Obviously, if we're going to really truly reach the far reaches of space, we have to get to a technology that we don't even have yet, you know, uh, because it's like light years away and shit. So we got to think like Star Trek and shit like that, you know, like it's a technology that we don't even have yet. Uh, We're not going to (laughs) be burning off a bunch of, you know, the whole rocket thing, you know, like that's yeah that's uh, you know that's where we're at like there's people are like well, well let's go to Mars why would you want to go there we already know so much about it it's clearly not a place that we're gonna be like living Why why would you want to live there it's, <laughs> it's so far away and it's nothing like it, it's the complete opposite of earth you know it's it's sort of void of what we would think of as life you know a lot of tumult I guess you know sandstorms and all that kind of shit and kind of a barren place I would uh I mean I wouldn't be going on any space program unless it would be like that you know one of those stars that's like a hundred light years away we'll just be a, a three-month voyage or whatever somehow because you go at warp speed get over there <laughs> I'm in well, that was one thing Donald Trump created, was Space Force, whatever. <laughs> Fucking Space Force. And, uh, you know, there's the billionaires that are getting to fly into space, too. But uh, it's almost like, it's like we're jumping the gun a little bit, you know? Like, we're so eager to reach the far reaches of space, but we haven't really learned how to, like, live on our own planet. So I'm not really sure if we should be really uh, looking into... Uh, I don't know, trying to get settled on other planets or something or, but reach the far reaches of space, beyond space and time, I don't know, but for now, currently, you know, it's 2022, January, tail into January, weird country of ours, continuing to exist. Trying to process the weird, strange place. (sighs) Continuing to uh, think that the Trump thing will just, it'll just just dissipate some day. Just just one random day, it'll just just be kind of gone, you know? Just like it was in the late 90s. He just kind of disappeared and he was gone for like a couple years, but this time it'll be for real and for good. I don't necessarily mean dying, he could live with whatever. However long Donald Trump wants to stay on this world and live, fine, but is more disappearing from the public eye, you know, just com- coming completely irrelevant, you know. It would just be nice to see an end to that movement. It'd be see- it would be nice to see the Republican Party go to, back to being more of a moderate, sort of a uh, fiscally conservative uh, reigning in of uh, over-liberal spending you know some progressives can get a little carried away with spending on things that maybe don't won't ever pay for themselves back or, or there's not a way to you know they might sometimes it can get carried away so you want you want you want that give and take a little bit you want that balance you know push and pull negotiating coming to a a true middle ground but when one side is so far to the right there, you, you, there is no middle ground you know the republican party does not have overwhelming support you know they, they are a minority of the country and a lot of the stuff that they're pursuing have vast opposition you know uh, but they pursue them anyway you know so it, it's hard to find the the middle um there are some decent republicans uh kinzinger is one of the few names that comes to mind whatever reason, there's times when I think Mitt Romney has it in him to be better, but he's just too loyal to the organization. You know, he's unwilling to kind of separate himself from the organization in any way. There's far too much loyalty to the organization. You know, um, it's just just strange. You you don't have to you don't have to go through some initiation process to become a member of that organization. You just declare yourself a, as one and they put that letter next to your name. That's it. You know? So y- you can leave at any time. <laughs> what are your true principles, you know? And for many of them, it's truly just to be a part of that club. And that's it. You know? To appease the people that align with the R's. You know? The elephant party. The GOP. And, the, and many times on the, on the other side, there's a similar... It's just... I think it's a little less loyal, you know, because Democrats are kind of just the other option, you know. So there's some that are good, some that are kind of eh, some that are awful, you know. Uh, their views on politics and policy initiatives are all over the place because it's democracy. It's a far more diverse group of people. All those lists of names of Republicans I gave earlier, Rubio, Graham, Kevin McCarthy, Mark, uh, Ted Cruz, Jim Jordan, Gomer, Gozar, those are all predominantly wealthy white men. And that's sort of the, the main power structure of, within the Republican Party is wealthy white men. There are a few exceptions here and there. Predominantly wealthy white women is kind of the next category. There's a few minorities here and there. And they really, you know, try to promote them extensively at certain times. Especially when the, uh, the blatant reality of, of their uh, makeup... of of the group you know the demographics of the republican leadership is just too plain and clear you know it's they are the organization that represents wealthy white people you know and the main leaders of the organization are wealthy white men That, that just is what it is you know they're not that diverse of an organization as a leadership on the national level democratic party just is more diverse that means a wider array of views they are not a monolith they're just simply the other option that's it we're not really presented with any other options so many people just sort of out of you know default will kind of if running for office they'll just put the d next to their name just to kind of give a clear indication that they're not clearly primarily focused on tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations most people understand what the Republican Party is, but there are millions of people that watch Fox News every day and listen to InfoWars and the other conservative news networks and stuff. And so they believe other stuff about the Republican Party. They believe all kinds of stuff. yeah, And a lot of stuff they believe about the Republican Party in a positive way is mostly because they have certain negative perceptions of the Democratic Party. You know, which somehow works in convincing them to vote for the republican party even though there are other options for the conservative there's the libertarian ticket that's a a good option that should be promoted more i'm not a big libertarian person myself but uh i certainly prefer them to republican and certainly would choose them over republican any day uh their their focuses are more you know the traditional kind of republican things of old small government fiscal conservatism minimal taxation that type of stuff, not really my primary focus is as a voter. Uh, I don't really mind paying taxes. Uh, no, a reasonable amount. I paid over two thousand dollars in taxes in 2021, just under three grand, and after initially filing my taxes, kind of a preliminary run. Uh, the IRS thing said I was going to owe another one hundred and sixty, even though I've already paid just under three grand. And I, uh, you know, just I'm an hourly wage employee made well under 50 grand. I don't even make the median income. So the idea of having a an additional tax bill, you know, beyond what I've already been <laughs> paid for the year is a little unsettling. But there is the, you know, the stimulus stuff that uh, I never got. So that might allow me to get some of the money i paid in taxes back and very much hoping that that does indeed come to fruition uh certainly don't like the idea of you know having to pay more money once taxes come when i'm in this position uh if i'm ever at a position where i'm actually uh you know a, a w9 employee or 1099 i mean uh and making six digits or whatever you know a, there would be a appropriate planning throughout the year to be able to settle a, a final tax bill at the end of the year, that's uh, just part of the deal when you make money in that in that manner. You know, interest income, capital gains, independent contractors, and stuff like that. You'll file a ten ninety nine. This uh, I don't know. There's still a lot of potential in this country. It's a lot of good, hard working people that bust their ass to make a living a lot of times those people, because they're busting their ass so hard and just working and grinding, uh, they they don't have a lot of time to absorb a lot of information. So they got to kind of stick to reliable sources and, um, you know, and just stick with what works. And, and, you know, I think there's people in power that kind of take advantage of this, you know. Keep people kind of stressed out, worried, fearful. And it'll keep them kind of grinding. And it won't allow them to kind of stop and breathe a little bit, to chill out, to focus. Keep them stressed out and anxious. And then it allows them to be easier to control and to do really stupid things. You can uh, have them believe all kinds of stuff, you know. The Republican Party's uh, benefited a lot over the last few years. And now I, I just personally think that they're kind of they're pushing it too far now. Because now that's like their entire platform. Trump won in 2020. Okay, what are your policies, Republican candidate? What laws are you going to pursue? How are you going to benefit the working-class people? What are your policy initiatives? What are your plans to do with your power? How does pardoning January 6th rioters affect the day-to-day lives of working-class people? How does it improve their day-to-day life? What are your thoughts on public education, universal health care? What are your thoughts on a fair and basic minimum wage for people doing work, especially work for for for-profit entities? Should people be paid a reasonable wage to work for a for-profit company? Should we view the work as... Well, easy, therefore unworthy of being paid a living wage, even if the company is highly profitable. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, is the Republican candidate only talking about Trump in 2024 and that he won the election? You know, There was voter fraud. Is that it? Is the candidate, or is the politician not even saying what they'll do and just kind of smiling and then just laughing it off or saying it's a stupid question? What are they going to do with their power? how will they represent you the specific things they have done how have they benefited you so in 2017 you voted Republican in 2016 you voted Republican and then in 2017 they cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations how did that benefit you what was the specific benefit to you if you were not wealthy how did it benefit you Okay, the wealthy got more money and the Republican Party did do this they celebrated. Paul Ryan called it the crowning achievement of his career, cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations back in 2017. What was the benefit to working class people? What was, what was the reason a few years later that we couldn't afford certain things? What was the reason a few years later, after 800,000 people died of corona, what was the reason that Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, and Warren Buffett increased their net worth by billions of dollars? Why did they become more wealthy while well, 800,000 people died? You know, What's going on there? Why is that? You know, why are certain specific groups of people four years after a tax cut for the wealthy Why are certain specific groups of people having their wealth increased by massive amounts of money while everyone else is going through a a pretty serious recession, depression in a wide variety of ways beyond just an economic sense? You know, it's it's kind of a... Like, there's a slow, rumbling, crumbling, systemic collapse of our society. But the wealthiest... of the wealthy are even more wealthy than they were before they were already billionaires now they have even more billions because they're getting exponential growth on their investments money's just pouring upward you know th- it's companies that they own that have employees doing all kinds of work you know but there's something off with how our pay structure is and how what is the value of work and what is the value of people's time and it hasn't been properly allocated and so there's been an overvaluing of people who own companies but don't actually do any of the work you know they're they're receiving exorbitant amounts of benefit from in some cases just inheriting something you know, they they literally do do nothing. They just were born, you know, and that's it. They they have an advisor that handles all the stuff for them, their personal investments. As far as the running of the company, they have a board of directors that does all that. They're just a the sh- majority shareholder. You know, they decide every once in a while who the board of directors is going to be. You know, they vote for that. And then the board of directors votes on the CEO and all that kind of stuff. But that's it. Yeah. That that's the extent of their day to day involvement. There's many in the in this particular extreme affluence. That's just yeah, it's a it, it, it is a life of leisure. You know, they don't have to do anything. And so meaning you, you could certainly tax those types of people at a much higher rate, and it has zero effect on their way of life. It might affect their ego a little bit. You know. Your net worth goes from twenty five billion all the way down to Oh goodness gracious! Two billion. Oh my God. That's an exorbitant loss of money. Yeah, only two billion now. What, what are you going to do yeah. with two thousand millions? What are you going to do with two thousand millions? Huh? Gee. You' probably be just fine. What if that two billion goes all the way down to 500 million? You lost so much money. How are you going to survive with 500 million dollars? Yeah you know you lost 75 percent of your portfolio after it had already dropped a massive amount. You were at 30 billion it dropped all the way down to two. So much money lost. Oh my God oh, yeah. only 2,000 millions now. And then you lost seventy-five percent of your portfolio, and it went down to five hundred million. Oh my God, so much loss. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> is is that person? Is their way of life? I mean, obviously, depending. Like, if they're doing the uh, owning their own private life and living like beyond stupid, spending like twenty million a month type thing or something insane, you know. Then yeah, they would probably have to make some adjustments. But five hundred million, yeah, you just invest a decent portion in a fixed annuity, earning three or four percent. It'll pay uh, what, what what you know, whatever. You can pay a, a million a month or so, one or two million a month. That's your living allowance. It's a bit virtually tax-free income that you get every single month for the rest of your well, in perpetuity, forever. Uh, you don't you don't have to do anything. So that that's after you lost so so much money. Oh my God, you lost so much money. How are you ever going to survive? And then you, you you could just invest it in, in in an annuity that pays you one or two million a year or a month, I should say, um, in uh, you know, virtually tax-free income. So not bad, easy peasy, and uh, yeah, you never have to work again. So the key thing to remember with the ultra affluent is they never need a tax cut, ever. They never need to have their taxes cut. Okay, You can inch them up. And and the thing is, since they've been cut several times, we could always just, over the course of a couple years, just jump it back up to where it was and then start slowly incrementing it up. Just kind of ratcheting it up a little bit. Um, and, and and definitely focusing on those extreme outliers. There's massive exorbitant amounts of money that's just sort of pooling up there, hanging out, not doing anything. That individual people are hoarding, you know, and and not recirculating back into the economy, you know. And there's expenses that are not being properly taken care of. Like we have hospitals that are underfunded, understaffed, because we're not funding hospitals directly and paying for proper medical staff. So so there's massive costs being accrued because then there's also this middleman guy called the health insurance company that's collecting a fee and then not paying the full cost when you do have to go to a hospital. So there's exorbitant costs being accrued there. And that's part of the deal. You know, there's people that are... Some of these people in the upper, upper ends are receiving massive amounts of benefit, but they're actually they're not helping things you know they're receiving a benefit by causing stress you know the health insurance exec receives 25 million dollars a year in exchange we the working-class people do not have the right to go to a doctor when we're sick unless we want to pay a bill yeah but in exchange for that the health insurance executive gets to earn a massive salary Corporations will use the euphemism attracting talent to uh, Justify having to pay CEOs exorbitant amounts of money That's what that attracting talent means Okay, your salary is to so that you can publicly you know Be passionately for the company and to be boldly out in public saying that you know we we have to have health insurance that's the only way that that's kind of what you're being paid to say you know and to be against healthcare is a right right so you're going to do all you can to help that health insurance company retain a profit to improve profits so that it can remain profitable you're going to receive a, a substantial fee to do that the flip side is that health hospitals healthcare clinics and healthcare will not be a right to the working class person. But you, health insurance executive, are going to earn exorbitant amounts of money. There are plenty of people who are fully agreeable to those terms and thus the situation we have with healthcare in our society. Yeah. But that's what attracting talent means to a corporation, you know. They have to be willing to do certain things that are, you know, <laughs> apathetic toward humanity, and you have to justify it in some way. You're going to have some sort of, uh, you're going to have to engage in some mental gymnastics in order to justify what you're doing, and and some people get very good at it, but. That's what the fee is for. That's what the $25 million a year is. You know, so that they continue to support that corporation earning a profit, even though it will mean that health care will not be a right for the people doing all the work. So I'm hoping uh, this podcast just offers a different perspective, a different way of framing these issues that we are presented in the news. And I hope people start waking up, stop voting Republican. And look into other options. Make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure you're vaccinated. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary. Think it out loud.